discretion is advised as we cover many an insane movie and numerous cult TV phenomenons. Now, are you ready to get jacked up? Are you with us? Then listen on. And we're back on the Jacked Up Review Show, and I got two other misty buddies of mine. Candy Allison Smith, say hi. Hello. <laughs> and Daniel, nightmare nerd, Ryan. Hi, yeah, do it. And Jackie Ray Naaman Jones from Monos the Hands of Faith. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Oh, hell. I-, <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't think so from the last scene of Monos. <laughs> I did have questions, yes. <laughs> Well, we'll see what I so can. do we all? You know, I blocked some of it, so no. <laughs> <laughs> Understandable. Oh yeah, take it to the bank. <laughs> Let's talk about my life. <laughs> yeah, I always see what Amano says uh, as a family film to me, my family. <laughs> That's actually really cool. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, think about it. My dad played the master. He did all the 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 props, all the hands uh, on the mantle, the artwork, the master and dog painting. The Doberman was our family dog. Was and he also the master of the house? Who's that? The dog? No, no, uh, the uh, your your father. Probably my father was, but. <laughs> But and then um, my mom made the costumes, the wives' dresses and the mask, hmm. and my little Debbie's dress too. Nice. That's so, actually uh, like a really cool story. <laughs> even even my great grandma's uh, quilt was on the bed in the Valley Lodge. We can do a play yeah, on that. We don't, May I interject? We don't claim that damn couch. Uh uh-uh, uh, no. That couch <laughs> was already. In the Valley Lodge. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Bedbugs galore. It's got one of the most bizarre <laughs> love scenes I've ever seen in a horror movie, and it's played with all that very catchy elevator music. <laughs> yeah, it's a very... It, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> People can say what they want about the soundtrack. It's a pretty catchy soundtrack. It's. I think it's oh, creepy, and oh, I don't yeah. easily get creeps. I, I don't get creeps very easily. So I watch an episode when I go to bed at night, and I used to put manos on quite a bit. And I have to <laughs> <laughs> you know, because it's hard, you know, me being so into horror, and what I'm helps? like, I just cannot watch this movie at bedtime. Oh, wow. Well, at least but, something um, good came out of it. Uh, Jackie's still talking about it, and Torgo formed his own pizza shop, so. Apparently, yeah. Still warm. (laughs) I heard Mike Nelson like really took the role of Torgo very, very seriously. Like you know, he (laughs) like reshoot it and reshoot it till he really had Torgo's walk and everything down. No. Yeah. Seriously. Was this? (laughs) I haven't. Um, I haven't had opportunity to meet Mike Nelson yet, but. But a couple he's, years he's ago, an I, elusive one. I got to meet Frank and Trey. Especially that's going on bigger. 
<laughs> Joe yeah. Don Baker I should heard, have been, I heard he that he been the is sheriff. a very lovely person. Yes, I, I met Trace and Frank as well, but uh, and they are sweethearts. But yeah, what were you going to say, Jackie? Uh, you met them. Oh, yeah, a couple of years ago, I was just reminded on Facebook, you know, memories. Mm. And, um, but I got to go to an event uh, and, uh, and meet them, and that was really cool because it's uh, Frank that first found Mono and reluctantly brought it to the rest of the team. <laughs> and then he doesn't regret it, just so you know. Vision, you know? <laughs> yeah, he doesn't regret it at all, actually. Yeah, not like, the, the movie finder, yeah. He, he brought a lot of the movies to he, their, he, yeah. Who knew he'd found something special with Manos? Uh, well, it's funny that, you know, Manos is like the number one misty rated episode. Like, it's absolutely everyone's favorite. So that's, yeah, that's what was it? Cool. I mean, um, I mean you gotta... a few years ago, it was, um, it was rated as the all time fan favorite at the Turkey Day Awards. <laughs> yeah, I remember watching that, and I was like, "Wow, okay, cool." I mean, it wasn't—it kind of surprised me, I guess. I, it shouldn't have, but it did. I was like, "Wow." That well, really let me tell you, it's like, it's, it's like it's like Con Air. It's one of the best movies for all the worst reasons. Yeah. Well, let me tell you a story. <laughs> yeah. So, Please. Monos, you know, we made it in 1966. And then uh, we went to the premiere, and the premiere was like a big deal. My mom and I spent the whole day in the beauty parlor. We had she had opera length gloves. There was a limo. I mean, tuxedos. It was a it was a big deal. Hal Warren, who created the film, rented uh, not rented. He borrowed the the big lights from the local car dealer to scan the sky. You know, it was crazy. And uh, so we all go in the theater, and my dad made sure that my family, our family, had good seats. We're about fifth row center, so we were truly trapped. And then <laughs> the film started, and oh, my God. You know, the audience, <laughs> at first it's dead silent, and then they start, you hear some laughter, you hear comments, and, and it just got worse and worse and worse. And, uh, I, you know, my mouth opens on the screen, and I realize my voice has been dubbed. So I spent the whole film just crying. I was Aww. so embarrassed. Oh, wow. <laughs> so we escaped as quickly as we could, as did every other cast member. Got the hell out of there. And the, the theater, the Capri Theater, um, canceled the rest of the two-week run. <laughs> they only showed it one night. It was so bad. Oh, my and, gosh. And the entertainment writers in El Paso loved my dad because he, he was on stage. He was one of the top actors in community theater in El Paso at the time. He did a lot of lead roles, like R.P. McMurphy in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. He did oh. Kate Mercer in Camelot. I mean, you wouldn't believe how he was on stage. <laughs> and so they very, very kindly wrote little to nothing about it to let <laughs> to let us live it down. And wow. so, so anyway, you know, I grow up, and to me as a little kid, it was the best summer of my life hanging out with my dad and being with all the grown-ups on set. And so I started looking for it as I grew up and looking at, university libraries and 
and I couldn't find it. It just wasn't there. And this is pre-internet, you know. <laughs> and then in the 1993, January 1993, I'm already married and have one son living in uh, Northern California. My dad's living on the Oregon coast. And he calls me up. He says, you'll never believe what I just saw on television. <laughs> oh, boy. 27 years go by, my dad's, like, taking a nap watching MST, which he really enjoyed the show. He was a fan, and he's taking That's a nap, really and, cool. and he wakes up because he hears this familiar music, and he sees himself. Yep. Yes. Can't That's get that beautiful. music out of your head. <laughs> so, anyway, so then I, I mean, he watched the whole thing in horrid fascination before he called me. And it was on Comedy Central. So I turned on the TV and I called that 800 number in the bottom corner of the screen. And it was a Sunday, I believe. And I and some guy answered the phone. His name was Matthew. And I said, you just showed this movie that I've been looking for my whole life. My whole family was part of it. Is there any way I can get a copy? And you have to understand, this is VHS times. And oh, yeah. He asked me the name of it, and I told him. And there's this long pause where I thought maybe he hung up on me or we somehow got disconnected. And he goes, oh, my God, are you Debbie? <laughs> so 27 years go by, and that's my first indication that anybody other than me gave a crap about this film. <laughs> And you've had kind of a rough time just starting up this sequel, Monos Return, after successfully funding it. it. According to Wikipedia, you had, there was two other unofficial movies that never went anywhere, like The Search for Valley Lodge, which had a bunch of wrestlers. And then Thank there was God. The Rise of Torgo, which oh, another guy who... I'm embarrassed to say. No, I'm not. I don't mean to say that. Oh, but I'm not proud of my role in... The Rise of Torgo, but yes, it is out. It's on Amazon Prime if you really, really need to see oh it. Oh, my God. I oh, it is. Well, Amazon I Prime, and I'm thinking really hard right now. Like, mm, I'm no. going to buy this right now. Oh, okay. It's already reviewed on my favorite. How big that it uh, got. Actually, I don't like to talk about my exes, but here we go. Um, one of my exes was a big Mystery Science Theater fan. This was some time ago, you know, a long time ago. But he was so into Manos that he had written a sequel himself, this his complete screenplay. He's like, there really needs to be a sequel. And I'm just like, wow, okay. I didn't really think about that, but I mean, he was into it. And I, was like, I never really realized because it was, it was never in my top episodes back then. Um, you know, so I was like... Huh, I never really thought about it, but that's when I started to notice so many people were into it. I'm like, I need to revisit this. Yeah. Well, yeah, the, that first sequel, The Search for Valley Lodge, God, he filmed probably a third of it and flew us all to El Paso. I mean, I was in it. We were, uh, and then Gene Snitsky, uh, WWE. And oh, oh got, man, I got the coolest people. It was so much fun. And and Ryan Jimmo, who's a um, God, what is he? A who? He's a badass fighter. One of them badass multi. I don't shoot. 
I wasn't prepared. MMA. MMA fighter, but he died. I mean, not then, not because of us, but um, yeah, he passed away a couple years ago. But there were some really good people involved in that, and and I'm sorry it didn't work out. But then we did our sequel, um, and Manos Returns, and you know, life is life, and things went on, and we didn't get a distributor right away, and everybody got back into their own projects, but um, it is happening this year. I wish I could tell you more, but my team and I just had this conversation today, and they're like, this is all you can say right now, but I just Steven, can't wait to see it. <laughs> the master would not approve. But, but also, there's other projects happening this year. Um, Willow Polson is creating a web series, and uh, mm. it'll, it'll be filmed in Sonoma County this spring. That's the plan. The, the, the voice actor? What's that? Uh, the voice actor, Rob Polson from... No, uh, Willow. Oh, well, we'll see. Oh, yeah, I think he is from Mania. Yeah, he's from... No, no, no. No, no. Willow. Willow. Woman. And she already oh. has an award-winning uh, web series right now. And so she's creating a web series called uh, Manos, the Debbie Chronicle. And uh, <laughs> there's actually a Facebook page. And so it's it's my character, and I get to be all badass here. You know, um, battling supernatural evil. Debbie is back, and this time it's personal. <laughs> and then that sounds and really then, cool, actually. And then we were talking about, you know, uh, well, there's a remake happening as well. Mm-hmm. And if you look up um, the movie called Plan Nine, <laughs> he did Plan a nine from did, Tort. You no, should call it Plan Nine from Torgo Space. <laughs> the remake is called Plan 9. Oh, okay. And he made it recently in the last couple years, and it's really good, and it's really funny. And then I heard he was working on a Manos remake, so I connected with him. And um, he's having me do recreate a lot of the things that my dad did in the original film because I'm a professional artist as well. And nice. so I'm redoing, you know, the master's painting and and the robe that my, you know, I say, I was there when my parents made the original, so I make the robe just like my mama made the original. Cool. In fact, I do monos robes, custom robes. I sell them and uh, I'm making number 20 right now. <laughs> That's um, really awesome. Actually, I can see note, that can being something that people would want, yeah. And yeah, and I make Torgo staffs too. My dad made the original. <laughs> That's even cooler. <laughs> that hand, my dad cut that out of cold rolled steel with his welding torch, and I, I did the same thing. I've got nineteen of them. I made them, and I've made three versions of the master and dog painting. One was a custom painting. A guy wanted. Frank Zappa and the Poodle. So, mm. <laughs> Frank Zappa, so uh, MST3K fan, believe it or not. Yeah. Uh, but uh, 
How, so uh, going going back a bit, give me. I still do need to read your book behind on my eBooks. What what uh, year did you start uh, your your art career, your painting and? Oh my gosh, you know I've pretty much been self-employed most of my life. I worked hey, in my very first going. my very first job for two years. I worked in a machine shop, and I was the only girl. And that was in the seventies. Right after high school, right out of high school. And then, let's see, oh, and then I moved to Northern California. I got into the wine industry kind of by accident. And that was like the greatest time of my life. I learned so much wine and food. Sonoma County, you know, in the 80s. That was incredible. Oh, that is very nice. um, And then I started my own art career in my late 20s. I started doing... Oh, that's right. I was doing, I started with hand-painted t-shirts and Mm. I was selling them wholesale to all the winery tasting rooms because I knew everybody and uh, made a pretty good living. And then I went into, um, oh, that's right. This woman said, I love your t-shirt designs. Do you think you could stencil my kitchen? And then I had a 30-year career doing high-end faux finish like plaster textures, Venetian plasters, murals, every anything you can imagine. Mm. I mean, I the high roller lounge at the Chinook Inn Casino. I've done restaurants. I, whew, Thirty years climbing ladders and doing walls and ceilings. And nice. then now I'm doing a lot of mono stuff and my own art. I sell my own art. I must confess, I didn't know you also did acting. I mean, I, I, I did, but I forgot. I, I, I remember most people have seen you in the TV movie Curse of Bigfoot, but <laughs> I, I I actually recently saw... Mars. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, oh I, actually, I actually recently saw Primal Rage. It's actually a pretty oh. legit, very cool movie, uh, but I didn't know you were in it. Movie, it's pretty solid. I mean, it the monster effects are good. It's a fun kind of fight to the death in a forest kind of movie. It, it well, you looks... know, um, yeah, um, the guy who put that together, he played. He not only created the costumes for Alien versus Predator, but he played the alien. He Patrick Whoa. McGee. He is six foot eight, and. Oh my he, yeah, he brought his cast up here, and I got to be a location coordinator. And so that scene that I'm in, that's my backyard, that's my teepee, and the guy pulling the the stuff out of my guts is my ex-husband. And oh, my, my grandchildren, too. I'm so, I love that. That was so much fun. That's a good movie. I the Bigfoot movie, Primal Rage. Well, and for twelve million, it looks way, way more expensive. And I, I mean, I'm giving too much away here, but uh, this will actually kind of make people want to seek it out. I like how it plays on the whole kind of one minute she's being stalked by actual Bigfoot, then the next minute she and her uh, boyfriend are also getting stalked by these guys, these hunters who are, you know, imposters pretending to be Bigfoot who are just, you know, hunting people for so- sport, you know. 
Yeah. It's just really, it's two different dreaded terrors, and you're on your seat the whole time. The gore feels justified because, you know, it's not just for shock. You actually feel like you're seeing uh, this gruesome stuff happen in front of you. It, uh, it it's it, They did a banged-up job, and it's, it's airing yeah. endlessly on Showtime right now, so no. Fucking congratulations. Good, good. Yes. Oh, yeah, no. that young couple who... Thank you. Yeah, no, that young couple who played, you know, the, the victims. Wow. Well, oh, and I'm not so, here to... Oh, wait. My, I, can I just say one thing? Please, I don't please. even... I don't know if I should. So the young man who played the boyfriend, he... Yes. Oh, I say this? He only has one leg. Whoa. Right? He's like, he was... No way. Yeah. I mean, I didn't see his legs most of the film time, so that probably makes sense. But he's wearing jeans. He covers it. But I I was just like, I mean, unbelievably impressed by not just his actors, his character. Like, as a person, like, who he is and his strengths and resilience. Incredible. That is mind-blowing. And it definitely, excuse my friends, I sound like I'm kissing ass here. I just want to tell you, uh, Jackie, you are not in the worst movie of all time. Uh, <laughs> I know that. That, was, film, that was filmed in El Paso, and I'm in Dallas, Texas. And <laughs> there is way, way, way worse amateuristic filmmaking that is made on a daily, let alone yearly, basis here. Uh, we we have we have so much on professionalism here. I'm already unprofessional <laughs> for just telling you that, but seriously, I see people who are <laughs> no who refuse I've to curse because they I had to go. <laughs> oh well, see, like we have people who refuse to curse. They're like, I it's against my religion. I'm like, oh, and you yeah, yeah. you didn't have the decency to tell me that you had a problem with this before we shot. We have cinematographers who are perverts and try flirting with married women. We you know, we have some fucked up shit around here. So well, we have people making stuff for trauma and it's just like, no, let's let's make I a legit good movie. Well, that's fine. But so you might want to check out the most unwatchable movie known to mankind known as Cancer Dancers, also known as uh, Meat Market Mayhem. God, fuck Ooh. that movie. Oh, what? Dumb. Meat Market that Mayhem. <laughs> yeah, that's a bad one. Uh, no you know, budget like low budget. Curse of Bigfoot is way worse than Monos. I mean, there's so many bad films, and that's what's so trippy about it. And and you would think by now I could explain the attraction, but I can't. There's some kind of magic. Oh, I, I can totally... I, I, well, part of it is, you know, you're dealing with a urban legend, so you're going to have people who will show up, you know, regardless of whether it is quality or not. So the marketing is wonderful in that respect. Now, on the next respect, like you say, you know, I've been on many independent films. There is nothing more awkward when you go to an opening night and <laughs> people are ready to do a Q&A. And you don't want to go on the stage. You want to try and see how you can sneak out without looking like a jackass. You know what I mean? It is so underwhelming. And you just have to just pretty much can it that whole time and then say, this is the last time I'll, you know, lose my number. I'm sorry. (laughs) Because regardless of whether it's quality or not, it's just, it's one of those, you're not proud of it. But I mean, yeah. you you have kind of recreated yourself in a way where it's like, okay, I was in one of these in, 
a few of these infamous movies, but you know, I'm a cool person and I get that it's kind of their cult movies and that, you know, it's yeah. different time, different era, different perspective compared to where anyone can take out their yeah. iPhone and just doodle around. And it's like, yeah, no, this is barely even a movie, yeah, guys. It's hard to begin hand cranking. <laughs> okay, well, that's one way. It's always been, if, if you can't be the best, make the most at being the worst. Yep. That, that's very that's, fair. That's great. I love that. Just hearing well, about your life thing. is so I mean, interesting. If, if, you, if you're going to make yeah. a bomb, be damn proud of it. Yeah, to quote Alec Baldwin, if you know you're going to suck, suck less. Oh, yeah. I like that. It's good. Oh, and, good as a cheer up and as to wrap up this portion of the talk, good buddy uh, Jim Morzini of the well-known movie blog spot Voices from the Balcony. He oh. gave you he gave Monos the Rise of Torgo a uh, free out of five stars. <laughs> what? Yep, oh, no. and at the at the very end, I'll, I'll just quote this for you. Obviously, a sincere attempt to continue the mono story and not a cynical, ironic cash-in. I don't know about that part, but he does an excellent oh. job of recreating the fill of the original. There is a newscaster played by the son of the original's director, and the dub voice of the sheriff is provided by the son of the first film uh -oh. sheriff. Of course, casting Debbie from the original as Monos was a move of pure genius. No. Not... Okay, no. well, I'll just say, apart from the nostalgia, there are some wonderfully offbeat touches, such as the young Torgo played by a boy with an obviously fake beard, or the two <laughs> old ladies who do everything in sync. Rise of Torgo really does capture the spirit of the original, and for those that find that a good thing, this will be just what they're l hoping for. I know oh. I'm hoping Revenge of Torgo happens as well. <laughs> uh, so that's that's what he said in the review. So... <laughs> <laughs> he's being, oh, that fan. He, he's yeah. got a fan. <laughs> not, so. I, I know Jim. He is a cool guy. We're gonna have him on here to talk about the ten ultimate horror movies. So, <laughs> oh god. So I thought we'd recast a few other movies. If you had, yeah. and, and I'll, I'll I'll let Daniel chime in and turns up who gets to direct, and I'll let Candy say oh, uh, who gets to write. And produce so but i actually have this, a couple ideas yeah perhaps. i'll let you start out as the cast <laughs> oh <laughs> the cast uh, yeah if you oh, had okay. to well i mean really i i hadn't hadn't gotten too far into it and as we talk i'm sure some other names but for <laughs> um let's see for torgo i was thinking uh billy bob thornton <laughs> yes. Good pick. Good pick. <laughs> he's, text, he's available. <laughs> and for the master, <laughs> and for the master, I was thinking Jack Nicholson. Yeah. That would be so good. He'd, oh my he'd, god. He'd, right? he'd roll that one. He'd roll that one. Oh, oh, wait. And Michael. I mean, it's a different look, but think, um, Nicholas Cage. Oh, now Stephen is he from? The podcast, everything we learned from movies, will really love this. <laughs> they are, they are I all about. The place. Yeah, That's they're all about Nicholas Wade. 
chiming yeah. in. And what's the kid? Oh, I mean, she's all grown up now. But if she was still young, oh, the one from um, shit, um, Close Encounters. Oh, uh, and Jebby. Okay. Oh, ah, dang it! It's been so long since I've seen it. I'm I trying know, to like, picture it, but I can't. Uh, I'm I'm looking it up right now. Uh. <laughs> God, I can see her Obviously, face. it's not Terry Gar. That would be uh, a misguess. Uh, <laughs> but Diane? Uh, oh. I can't find it. Oh, my God. Stop. <laughs> oh. No, no, that's not it. Um, what about the gal from Stranger Things, just to fuck with people? You read my mind. You read my mind. Her. Really? Okay. My Bobby well. Brown? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, she's adorable. Oh my god. Yeah. If, yep. if, if, I, if I may chime in, please. Christopher Walken as the master. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, because I mean, all he has to do is walk. I Steve. like that. I don't know oh. if I can take that seriously. Steve Buscemi <laughs> as Torgo. <Awesome>. Yes. <laughs> yes. And and John Lithgow as uh, Michael. <laughs> oh, oh, baby. Okay, and who gets so. to play the uh, the wife and daughter? Ooh. That one I hadn't thought of, but uh, from Stranger Things, yeah. Her, the daughter, as the wife, um, if she was still alive, Carrie Fisher. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Or, or, I mean, or, or Linda Blair. I mean, it depends. Uh, we going. It sounds like you're going by a late '90s, early 2000s. So let's. One uh, better. Okay. <laughs> hey, I'd see either of these versions of this movie just because why the hell not? I, I thought Chris Walken should have played Tommy Wiseau in the Disaster Artist version of the Room. So I mean, what do I know? Okay, Candy. What? What the hell? Uh, who should direct? write and star in a remake of models <laughs> okay i'm gonna get some guff for this and i personally don't like this dude but i like his movies so i'm gonna go for all three quentin tarantino just to be like edgy and stylish, oh. you know, kind of put that little yeah. weird okay. you know and, and maybe do some stuff out of sequence you know how he does and he's I'm cinematically a genius, but he's actually a jerk in real life, but whatever. I, I concur with that. I, I, I don't think anyone's going to disagree yeah. with you there. I mean... But we're not hiring but, him for his personality. Right. Just as long as he as so, long as long he shuts the fuck up and does what he's told, we're, we're, we're cool. And but, stays away from when the women's feet, please. Oh, God. Yeah, I was about to say... Uh, Let's I not will, make this weirder than it has to be. <laughs> yeah, I will greenlight this movie as long as he doesn't get final cut and he doesn't have any shots of people's feet. <laughs> but then, is it really a Quentin Tarantino movie? I'm, well, you know. to be fair, to be fair, there's a lot of people who love natural colors. Because he's kind of got like a Torga level creepiness factor but it, he'd be like checking out her feet you know what I'm saying well yeah that'd be fine but to be fair I mean a lot of people like The Rock and Crimson Tide which he rewrote as well as Natural Born Killers which he disowned but a lot of people like so I mean what is a Tarantino? Oh, Natural Born Killers um, can, can, can I, I just chime in here for a moment please? Please. Because today we lost uh, Terry Jones of Monty Python Yes. Maybe, yeah. Maybe rest uh, yeah. I think it's worth noting the one movie scene Quentin Tarantino couldn't handle was Mr. Creosote from Monty Python, The Meaning of Life. 
What? What? Like, in an in interview, Tarantino said that was the one movie scene that made him feel sick. You're kidding. What? I wish I were. Oh, well, now I know Tarantino is an alien. <laughs> yeah, fuck it, I'm I was really, I was thinking more of like one of those lizard people, but that works. Well, I think anyone could tell you that. Yeah, I mean, to be like, to be like, Xena is the best TV show of all time, and then, and then get all to these. To be other- fair, the, Bruce Campbell, Bruce Campbell did add a little spice into Xena. I, I watched it for the little Bruce Campbell thing, or I'll do anything for Bruce Campbell, as we know. But, uh... <laughs> That's fine. Uh, it just so seems what... like Tarantino's one of those guys. He seems to think that trash cinema is like top quality. And <laughs> he works but that I into. I mean, work in the man's created his own like you know cinematic universe. I just think it would be like a neat take. Like I just I'm interested in what he would do with it. I think he would do something really cool, you know. I... And and he gets into like some some B films. So there'd be there'd be some neat little stuff he could do. He could probably yeah. get a bunch of yeah, people true. who have been. Well, there's that, but he, he could definitely get a lot of people from Full Moon Entertainment. Uh, I'll tell you what. Fuck it. I'm going to go oh, ahead man. with this. So, <laughs> I'm going to have... Charlie Manos. Uh, you're close. You're, you're not far. I'm going to have Tim Thomerson. Yes, Jack Death from Trancers himself. Oh! As, as Torgo. And then, then I'm going to have Michael Madsen as the master. And then, oh my god. Yes, then I'm gonna get uh B movie scream queen uh Tiffany Shepis as the wife. <laughs> and, uh, I know. And one of the brides can be played by Yancey Butler from Hard Target and Drop Zone Fame. She needs work. I'll give it to her. <laughs> uh, and I don't know who the fuck I will have be the daughter. It'll come to me. Uh See, I'm bad with child actors. As I was yeah, I know. Notes, I'm like, I really can't think of any. My kids are all older now, so I don't uh, know. hell. I'll just know. cast one of my cousins as it. Perfect. Okay, so <laughs> we're, we're set for life already. So, and then I'd have the music be by Tangerine Dream. Yeah, I did this last episode. I'm cheating again. <laughs> uh, I'm and... Trent Reznor again. Okay, yeah. and Trent Reznor. edgy, edgy, edgy. Oh, and Trent Reznor will definitely... He can play the he can play the sheriff's deputy who stops him as well. He'll be <laughs> a little brief cameo. And, and, and who he, will be the couple making out? Ooh, I will have Del Debone and Cassandra Cruz. Yeah, porn, famous porn Good stars. Choice. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> oh, Daniel, I love how, oh my god. I love how Daniel instantly knows who the fuck I said. No, seriously, I will I have. Like, I don't know these people. Why don't I know you? People. <laughs> a follower of Troma and a full moon. Yeah, I know them. No, I well, no, I'll, I'll even do you one better. No, the couple making out is Lynn Shay from those Conjuring movies and Lance Henriksen. Boom. Solved. No, how about Linnea Quigley? She she was a scream queen, you know, things like okay, that. Fine. That's, that's, she that's needs fine. work. She needs work. And I love, like her. Okay, yeah. Fine. And if you know the movie Night of the Demons, kind of not everybody knows that movie, but it's great. Um, she was in that. Hashtag with the boobs. Exactly. Oh my god, Daniel, stop with the boobs. <laughs> I was like, I was like, nine a years old going, what here. Happened? Oh my god, Jackie's like, what the hell are we doing with oh, this? Oh, yeah, gentlemen, talk about man has the hands of fate. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, well, yeah, so now I know where your mind is thinking where those hands go, you perv. <laughs> anyway, so long story short, 
Yes, we're having all I these melons. Oh my god, I can't even get a word in my own show. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yes, it would be B movie tastic. We would have a lot of from dusk till dawn style fight scenes. We'd have all these spears. Oh, Tom Savini somewhere. Tom Savini is the fact. Yeah, oh, I'm, I I had a bad. A convention experience with him he stays we, we don't I, talk about tom savini like uh, we will have see, we, we can have pony boys see thomas howell if you want as the sheriff <laughs> day gold he's a good dude he's been in a lot of movies at the end Not of the recently. day people, <laughs> oh yes he has I saw he's on still team TV show right now, believe it or not, as the abusive dad. So, anyway. oh, okay. Cool. Uh, but he was on Criminal Minds for God's sake. So, I mean, he could we. I I would uh, I would be playful with this. I would have there be a demented sheriff and some other stuff. I'd add some vampires to the mix. Have Fred Williamson in here as a, a <laughs> fortune teller who uh, helps them on their way. And uh, yeah, we'd have a bunch. Oh. And I brought him up last time. Uh, the dad of of the mom will be played by Andrew Devoff. Do you know who that is, Jackie? No. That's the Wishmaster. Um, I, I I know him as the uh, the Russian smuggler from Law and Order SVU, who eats tigers. What the fuck? Yeah, that's one episode, dude. But I mean, I love SVU. <laughs> About that episode, I'm scratching my head there for a minute. But no, he's he he's the bad guy in Toy Soldiers, and he's one of Gary uh, Oldman's uh, henchmen in Toy Soldiers. Boy. I'm Boy. glad about that movie ever. Oh, oh, oh you might have seen him as James Remar's evil biker brother in another 48 Hours. So I mean, he plays a bunch of he's been as Wayland in part Russian, so he's he's been the go-to bad guy for a while. He's even in the awful Indiana Jones movie, The Crystal Skull. So I mean, he's. He's been everywhere, so. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so I would have him be the main protagonist because he never gets to play a hero, so we'd have some fun there. Yeah, so we got pretty much the whole well, cast. We left around. out the B, the B horror movie King. Um, but the Y. Say again. I'm sorry. You don't have the Y. Oh. oh. Six women to the cast there. Yeah. Oh. It's about hmm. four of us. Not mistaken, correct? Uh, I lost count. I'm I sorry. feel like Helena Bonham Carter would just work, like fit in really well as one of the wives. She would, you know, but like, how are we gonna afford this movie now? I mean, we're talking to you. Just pretend. Just pretend. Uh, I have I, I have Quentin Tarantino directing, so there's millions right there. Okay. So just you know, we're just having fun with that, you know. Where's Michelle? Money Bauer? is not an object. Where's Michelle Bauer? <laughs> Too much. <laughs> over the top. Uh, we could have oh Tracy Scoggins from Babylon Five and Highlander. Could have her be in this. Uh, wasn't she in Arena too? Irina. Arena. Yes. Wait. No, that's Claudia Christian. You're thinking. Perfect. Oh, we'll have sorry, Babylon sorry. Five reunion here. We'll have all the Babylon Five people on here. We'll have Patricia Tallman, famous stunt woman. I love also... Patricia Tallman. Yeah, she was in the remake of Night of Living Dead, and she yes. is so lovely. I just she love her. Hysterical. And she's an awesome actress. Oh, yeah. and the chick, uh, Deborah, uh, Ann Wall, who was in uh, True Blood, she'd be great. Okay. okay. So, oh, so, so not that you guys are 
Well, I mean, you know, you, you're more familiar with actors and actresses, but um, the original <laughs> Banos, all six, all those wives, the six women came from the local Mannequin Manor modeling school. Really? Oh. They might want to pick models. Oh. Okay. Uh, no. Cara Delevingne. I like modeling. that. This can't she just be. seems kind of mean. Like she could just really throw down in that fight scene. Yeah, know, she's a cool gal. Now. This can't be any worse than Valerian. So I mean. <laughs> right. <laughs> you I never have that time in my life, Zach. <laughs> oh God. Uh, what about Ruby Rose? Oh, I some modeling. Her. Yeah. She's in the same fan circle, so I I didn't know if she did modeling prior to acting, but. I mean, why does that name sound familiar? Uh, you've is seen she her. She's orange is the new black. She's kind of yeah. She did some modeling. Yeah. She's Batwoman right now. She's oh no. Was also in the Meg and oh another one, Chrissy Teigen. Uh, we need to like we need to have some diversity here. Like Chrissy Teigen, she's gorgeous. She's a model. You know. I guess. You know, I, I just you know, I think as long as she well. arrives on time and doesn't get pretentious, yeah, we'll we'll get along. <laughs> I think she's well, we funny. could move into the modern world and have a little diversity, don't you think? I yeah, that's why I was uh, like, Christy Jenkins, let's put her in there. No, that's women, you know. Okay, uh, Latina model. Who's the one gal who used to date DiCaprio? Look that up now. Oh, I can't think who of didn't? her name. Oh. He, I would say that he's dated all of the models, oh, I think. Gorgeous. But that's what I brought up. <laughs> and I'm trying to think of like diverse roles for, you know, some diversity I, in there. She, I heard Jackie there. Are, are you saying we cast DiCaprio as the master? <laughs> no. Joking, joking. He's terrible. I'd make it a be second Oscar. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean. This is a popularity contest. <laughs> okay, so Barbara Felly was the Israeli model he dated, and oh yeah, okay, yeah. That's who I'm thinking. I don't know. Maybe gorgeous, gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Stella Maxwell, I think her name is. Uh, she's a Victoria's Secret angel, and uh, Ooh. and also you know uh part of the LGBTQ. Q like uh community, so there's yeah. that diversity there, you know. Yeah. Okay. Cool. 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 Cool ideas. Great minds think alike, and then some. Ah uh, man, there was actually I have to tell you this, Jackie. I don't know if you saw it. It was just I, I shared this with a bunch of my other buddies online, and we were bad shit just laughing just endlessly for about an hour. Uh, there was this random Tumblr. And it, too, was also randomly looking at random pictures of celebrities. And for whatever reason, this dude was on a roll here just comparing them to other famous or infamous horror icons. Because uh -huh. they just had... And he looked at an old picture of Eric Roberts, and he's like, I feel like Eric Roberts should play the master in a Pink hat, like the retract thing. Yeah, unfortunately. But well, if, if, anything, if anything... I, I can think of 50 good Eric Roberts movies, which is more than I can say about today's A-listers, where they had, like, maybe five good movies. 
It's just that he's very easy to make fun of because he does anything, you know? <laughs> uh, much like the show. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I guess he could do the master. I don't know. <laughs> just, just the voice alone. Just, yes. <laughs> you, must, you must leave. <laughs> Eric Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> we can't go one episode without mentioning his ass. <laughs> well, good for him. There used to be a podcast called Eric Roberts is the fucking man, but those guys just stopped. <laughs> I should get their asses on here and say, hey, what the hell, guys? Do I have to continue your podcast for you? Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You know, one of these podcasts, we're going to have a talk about Tom Savini. I'm just letting you know. You you, you totally rebuked my Tom Savini effect, so I'll give you that one. Oh, no, 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 no. He can do time. the effects. No, he can, he can do the effects. I just... I'm not. I'm definitely not keen on his acting. <laughs> it's you know it's it's fun. He's not an actor, you know. Yeah, he knows <laughs> that's he's not his not. strong point. But his effects are the best. And yeah, no, he I, do the effects uh, all day. And he's, he's actually totally... a good director too. You know, I thought no, the remake of Night Living Dead was great. No, no, he did a good job on it. I just, <laughs> I just know most people don't like him as a person. So we uh, talked about that. He, he's he he's like not a, a bad person. He's just one of those. He's very moody and tough to approach. He's very gruff. I've met him many times, and each time I meet him, it's like it's nicer, you know. Okay. It's just you've got to kind of like it's like like dipping your toe in the bath before you jump all the way in. <laughs> okay. Conversation for another day. Jeez. So I gotta just stop approaching him on a bad day. Damn. Maybe I just need to. Maybe I just need to leave him the fuck alone. <laughs> Maybe it helps because I'm like one of those bubbly females. I'm like, oh my god, hi! I, I love your movies. And, you know, I don't know if that helps. But. Okay, well, Jackie, thank you for having a moment of your time here. It's been lovely chat chit chatting with you. Well, thank you so much. I, it was it was really fun. Had a good time. And Thanks for uh, me. I mean, it, it's either this or we cross over uh, Monos with Egod. Watch out for oh. snakes. <laughs> Yeah, right. Watch out for snakes. Mitchell. Yeah, there you go. Mitchell solves the crime and shoots the snake and then gets possessed by the master. <laughs> okay. Well, then I'll, I'll end it on this. Yes. In my 20s, I bought a three-foot boa constrictor from a woman. No! And, oh. and for years, and when I got rid of him, it was only because I went to clean his cage one day after he was over six foot. I kept him in this huge terrarium. And I went to pour water into his water dish. And and he was in an irritated mood. And he latched onto my hand. <laughs> and, and, uh, and broke a tooth off in my... Oh, oh wow. Nightmare oh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I ended You're up invincible. after that because I was a little nervous around this six-foot ball constrictor after that. But that tooth, I, I didn't have medical insurance, so I never did anything about it, and it never got infected. Oh. But it, it moved into my body, and it put itself against my um, my forefinger. It was my forefinger. So oh. many, many <laughs> I know, is that trippy? So for many years, I could feel the bump of his tooth up against my bone, 
and now I mean it's gone. It's like become part of me. I'm part snake. <laughs> the snake woman, just like that one Jennifer Lynch Bollywood movie. She's so now that man. Uh, I think you're the original Iron Woman here. Holy shit! I mean. You told I am that so impressed by you. <laughs> yeah. you know Amazing. I have never I told that cool. I've never told this story on any other interview, so there you well, go. Why were we an exception? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I love the story, but holy shit! Please keep the story concealed. Someone, someone in yeah, Italy is going to steal this story and make money off it. You, you need to make all the profit off your real life story here. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, no, can I? I how much do you want for the rights to your real life that I can adapt? I've got, I've got a really cool photo of me and my best friend with that snake in a photo shoot with a guy, a photographer she was dating. All I have is the, um, is the, like the, what is it called? The proofs. I mean, the small. And I just need to find somebody that can blow them up and make them clear because, damn, they're pretty hot. I was 19 years old. And we're holding, oh, yeah, I got to get those done. (laughs) Wow. It's been lovely having you on here. Uh, We got to do it again some other time. Have you review a few other horror movies, maybe other genres even? (laughs) What do you think of this one chick flick? What do you think of this stupid action movie? (laughs) That would be fun. In fact, tonight, because um, in honor of Terry Jones, from yeah. Monty yeah, Python, you. I'm gonna see if I can find Life of Brian. I gotta watch that tonight. Uh, okay, yeah, we could do a hey, Python. That's the Messiah, the very naughty boy. Now <laughs> completely different. <laughs> oh yeah, we could do our other favorite Python works. We could theme it that way. Just talk about their other <laughs> stuff they've done that's underappreciated. <laughs> oh my god, I was a huge fan. Them and Fireside Theater, huge fan. I have yet to encounter anyone who isn't a fan. Most of the time, it's just someone who, for whatever reason, they don't like anything British. Racist. But, you know, it's, it's someone. <laughs> no, they're just jerks. Well, it's, British yeah. humor is, is different, you know, than we're used to. It's yeah, but then, and I, I but, love that. Yeah, but these are the kind of jerks who are like, oh, I can't hear what they're saying. I'm like, seriously? Come on. (laughs) They're they're the same people who can't watch a typical action movie. They're just like, oh, it went too fast. I'm like, well, then get new glasses. I do have glasses. I'm like, then you're beyond help. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's not the movie's fault. But anyway, uh, we'll end on um, God. Where can we see you now? Are you big on Twitter? You're big on Facebook, I know. I am on Facebook, and um, I don't know, do you, can I send links, or I don't know how you, how you uh, I, I, I will tag you in this post when we, when the episode's complete and edited, and I mean, feel free to tag in a few other things that you want to promote there, I mean, you know. Yeah, that'd be great, yeah, show you my book, and uh, some of the new projects, a lot coming up this year. A lot. <laughs> nice. Uh, very lovely. Very lovely. And keep kicking ass on the wild side of cult cinema. <laughs> well, thank you so much. It was fun. Oh, thank you. It, thank it you very so much. great to talk to you. <laughs> nice Bye. to talk to you. Good night. Pleasure. Uh-huh. All righty. You know where to find them, B-Movie Addicts. So check her out. Getting on to you, Candy and Daniel. Well, what are you guys up to now in the world of MST3K? Them. <laughs>
Well, um, as far as my social media alter ego, the Nightmare Nerd, I'm kind of working on getting my YouTube channel moving because I've neglected it for a while. Um, I'm an active author on House of Tortured Souls, which is a webzine for horror movies, fiction, you know, TV shows. Got a review coming up for a craft beer I stumbled onto called Stay Puffed, you know, beer infused with marshmallow. I don't taste it personally. <laughs> and, um, you know, j- just trying to make horror kind of my new living, you know, because I'm pushing middle age and I feel I finally found my calling. Yeah, it's always been my calling. <laughs> well, no, that's good because, I mean, I, I'm a struggling indie filmmaker and. I mean, I got this movie right now under production that's basically a mixture of stuff like Species or The Stuff. And we're finding the out how... The Stuff is great. Cool combo. Yeah, so, I mean, we, we are... It's not hard to... Uh, it's really not hard to, you know, come up with a concept, but you do have to get a crew who is consistent and not playing around. Uh, and, and, I mean... Uh, keyboard. Yeah, sorry to get that in the shot, but uh, that'll be fun editing later. Uh, but no, seriously, you want to just find people who are consistent, and the shoot can't be long. It can't be long. Uh, th- that that much is clear. So if it's got to be two weeks versus you know three months, do it, but make it work and make it be on time, on budget. Don't dick around. And unfortunately, I've encountered it too many times. I was on a awful war movie, which. I'll go ahead and tell you, I was called Run the Border, and basically no one was prepared at all, and I'll show you the trailer for it when we get done even, because it basically, uh, you know, it just, it was something else, it just was like, everybody was just playing around, acting like everyone was being a diva, and it's like, no, it, you don't get it, this doesn't work, you gotta prepare this, this is gonna take longer, no matter how many seconds it is on film, and I mean, action and horror would be our legit genres. You definitely want to try those because, I mean, people are more likely to give it a chance because, you know, it's a very easily enjoyable genre. So. And filled with super fans that will, you know, jump in there. And and they're more forgiving even if the acting is crap because, I mean, it just. It it basically, you know. Sometimes it can be derivative or very inspired. You know, I'm just as likely to see a movie that's a a ripoff of Hellraiser as I am an actual Hellraiser sequel. I'm just as likely to see a movie that's a ripoff of Die Hard. Yeah, or a ripoff of Die Hard as opposed to uh, another Die Hard movie. uh, A a great uh, seminar I once saw with Peter Weller, Robocop. Oh, I bet. It's all art. And he said, you know, in the end, we're all ripping off paintings that are millennia old so yeah robocop is pretty much the best uh comic book movie not based on a comic book if you think about it but his, uh, yeah that makes kind of his sense, point because he's he's an art lover and a his, history lover but he's saying you know all cinema is art history art history is ripping off you know what came before it. you know they're all they're all ripping off the sistine chapel the Sistine Chapel is ripping off the Last Supper, and in the end, they're all ripping off these cave paintings that were painted millennia ago. You know, so it's all yeah. been done. It has all been done. So don't ever you're doing something new. Tarantino yeah, is it's a just like okay. your take on it, basically. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if we're gonna do any new Disney movie, it's only gonna be great if it looks at it from the you know viewpoint of a different character. <laughs> 
Why do you think they're doing these damn live action remakes where now it's all oh the the bad guys' point of view? Give me a break. Right. Okay, little piece of trivia on that. Walt Disney himself. Um, my daughter told me this, so I don't I don't really fact check it, but she's pretty knowledgeable um, about this stuff. Um, that Walt Disney himself said uh, he wanted he would do you know all these movies could come out, but later on there had to be some live action remix of them. You know he wanted to go mm-hmm. in that direction. So that's what I know, but yeah, yeah, I mean, this is not to discourage any filmmaker. I mean, it does get annoying when I see people acting like, oh, their heart's in it versus the money is like bullshit. They might be attached to it seriously, like it's their kid, but at the end of the day, they want to return just as much as the person who doesn't care and is doing it for the return. So it is annoying. I'm no longer an actor. I I was a stage actress, but uh, really, yeah, uh, back in my youth. I did directing and I did a lot of acting. Um, and I love musicals, so I was a singer as well. But now and Daniel, I, you do I, stage I write. stuff too, right? I've done uh, theater, community theater, like uh, that's what I see. Battle. You post a lot. Yeah, I've done I've done limited film and TV work, nothing major, you know. Just extra but, work. Um, I'm sorry to interrupt. Um, sorry, but you know, of all people, Kevin Bacon, when he was. T- Kevin Bacon, give that man so much credit. He's reached a point in his career where he acknowledges what he is, what his legacy is. And he was talking about, of all things, Tremors, how humiliated he was to make that movie. But now he embraces that movie. Well, it has looks, such a huge cult thing to it. And and yeah. to achieve cult status is really like the, you know, the epic thing. But he looks back at his early career when he did like Footloose and whatnot. He was a heartthrob. And he says, you know what, there's not young, there's not one young actor who does not get into it because they want to make money and meet girls. It's not about art. And that's why he was so humiliated to make Tremors. Today, he loves that movie. He embraces it wholeheartedly. That's, that's great, because you don't see a lot of people do that, you know. They're just, you know, everybody's early work, you know, they look back and they're like, oh, man. You know, my favorite author is Stephen King. And uh, he wrote this, like his magnum opus is this Dark Tower series. And you love read it. The Gunslinger. I, I love it too. <laughs> I read The Gunslinger and I read it once. Now, I'm a habitual rereader. I read so fast and I just run out That's of That's great. Reread yeah. stuff I like. But I read The Gunslinger only once. And Stephen King's like, okay, like, you know, I wrote that when I was 17. It's a little embarrassing. And then what? many years later, he goes back into it with Drawing You Three. And I'm like, so I tell everybody, I'm like, I want you to read this. Skip the first book, okay? <laughs> Trust me on this. How? And they cover it. They cover it. And and for me to say that about a Stephen King book, it's pretty deep. But I'm um, like, skip it. I'm like, they cover it all in Drawing You Three and the rest of the books. It's really hard to read, and uh, you're not going to have fun. So it'll make you hate the series. I don't want you to start out that way. Just go straight to the sign of book. And it's been a winning formula. I'm like, yeah, just skip it. <laughs> they cover it. Jeez. It's cool. Um, yeah, so like I have books and, and I do what Stephen King does because, you know, he's like my hero as far as writing. You know, I wrote this, uh, this great zombie novel, I thought, and I put it aside for a couple of years. I picked it up and I'm like, oh my God. Part of my saying so, I'm working on a children's book about a zombie. No, <laughs> I got to read great. this. My kids would be, you know, when they were growing up, they grew up in horror just like I did. I was, uh. Into horror That's the idea. childhood and you know my kids they have fun with it so i'm like it, it's 
it's like scary fun and it's, and you know i i start them out gently you know we're always like no yeah, that soft, or something. Yeah. they're like why is this in black and white and then they get into it but you know um start them early <laughs> but uh the, the, the title zeke the loneliest zombie i like it great zeke. the great concept i'm 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 interested in the pitch you you'd have to hear the whole thing but uh it's a short story, <laughs> like a kid's pop-up book, but I'm really hoping I can get this done and published this year, because I think it's got a lot of potential. I'm also working on getting published this year, uh, but I, I kind of write, and, and, and they all have elements of horror in them, but uh, that zombie story is not ever going to see the light of day. I am going to destroy it and burn it, because, oh my God, it's awful. But, you know, I started out early um, writing career. I got like awards in high school. I got published. I was a short story writer then, and I wrote some really mm-hmm. off the wall shit. Now I'm like, oh god, it's out there, and I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> but uh, I'm more of just a novel person, so that's what I do. But I had arm surgery last October, and it's going to take me a year to recover. And it kills me that I can't sit at my computer every day and, and just type out eight thousand words. I'm like, oh, I'm dying. I'm like writing in my head. <laughs> so that's, that's basically what I'm doing is I'm I'm trying to write in my head and I'm also yeah. uh, I want to work on a horror podcast of my own so I'm trying to get that Tell me in. I'm not really Tell me in. I'm not really like technically you know in the know so I'm trying to find people who can do this and and, and know how to do it I'm just like I'm I'm the idea person that's what I got so, technical okay. knowledge no Very cool. so that's that's in the works when I know more I will. I will relay that. Mm-hmm. By all means. Yeah. And I watch Mystery Science Theater every single day. I have I cannot sleep unless I have an episode on. Um, yeah, it's, session it's, is, it's funny is to me because lately, lately what I've been binge watching is the, the Mexican Santa Claus episode. Oh my god, I love that one. I mean, I mean, like Christmas my is well favorite, past now, right? For some reason, I've been watching that one lately. And just... But it's, it, it, and that's the beauty of MSC3K is like you go through phases with like an episode or a season, and you know, my favorites change every couple years. Like right now, it's a tie between Future War and Merlin. Um, I tend to favor the later episode. Uh, we won't get into the politics on that, but. Um, you know, okay. Sometimes I just go through like a mood, and I'm just like, I feel like watching, you know, Village of the Giants, even though I just watched it like three days ago. I have to watch it again. You know, my husband's like, I really hate that episode. Like of all episodes, <laughs> why it was that one? And right. Cool note on that. Um, Quentin Tarantino, when he did Death Proof for the Grindhouse thing, um, <laughs> he used the music from Village of the Giants. I love random really? knowledge. That's like my skill. That's like my only skill. God, that's like the only popular movie that's considered good in some way to use movie music from an infamous movie, I guess. You know, and and I mean, I mentioned about this before. You definitely see a lot of our beloved filmmakers who aren't keen on the MST Free K because for whatever reason they're just blinded by their nostalgia. Of this and don't get me wrong, there is some cool nostalgia to this. These movies were the definitive, you know, drive-in kind of cineplex mm-hmm. back in right. their respective time, but. You know, some of them haven't aged as well. Some of them are just unintentionally goofy. Some of them are so bad they're good. Some of them are fun, but you know, and some of you them have are to... real work. You got to really just get mm-hmm. down dirty and watch them. Like, okay, I got to do this one. Oh yeah, I pod people for me. Well, people oh, totally. Like, I got to really concentrate and do it. Didn't you say? Oh, that's my favorite. 
but the see, and then see, that's the beauty is no Mitzi is alike, you know. Yeah, no, everyone has their favorite, least favorite episode. I mean, we were talking about Squirm last time. I've been meaning to rewatch Squirm for a while. Squirm. Yeah, I've been meaning to rewatch it, but I, I, growing up, I got sick of it because it was like the most replayed episode. I'm like, ah, it's so gross. It's so great. <laughs> but see, I'm yeah, sure it is. With Squirm, absolutely. Well, well it's a horror film, you know, and and it was just one of those '70s, like, I mean, you know, something I always want to talk about is like the the golden age of horror for me is like the '70s and '80s, and then, you know, I just think some of the best and worst <laughs> movies were made then. You know that yeah. make horror history great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's scorn for what it is. Well, I mean that's just it. Is <laughs> we say this all the time in the show: call a spade a spade. You know <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I mean, trouble, damn it! I would like to make Santa Claus conquers the Martian be a typical once a year kind of deal for every Christmas. I do it. I do it at Christmas, and that's the only time, because I think the Santa Claus, the Mexican one, was superior episode, um, like, as far as riffing, and, like, the actual movie itself is just <laughs> so ridiculous, it's just wonderful, I love the part where the, the deer is laughing, and they're like, we're in hell, <laughs> it just, just kills me, <laughs> and that is a mouth, isn't it, you know, when it's I'm, clearly, I'm like, this radio-looking thing, that, you know, that, that opening part with Santa playing his organ, because... I, I live and it in just goes on forever. I, I live it in New is. Jersey, and there's this several. Is. Living in New Jersey, there's several like really weird, small theme parks out the area in Pennsylvania. There's one called uh, you know the land of make believe. My dad called it when you go to make believe. There's something worth paying to see. Oh. And and one I will never forget from my childhood. I went there with school when I was in grade school. And they had a Santa's workshop, and there is an animatronic Santa playing his organ, and that is all I can think of when I see that. <laughs> and, and, Nightmare and fuel. And just that one line about ho, 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 Santa alive, Santa alive. Um, <laughs> so now, We have a place here um, called, uh, it's called Holiday World now, but it's called Santa Claus, uh, Indiana is where it's at. It's, it was called Santa Claus Land when I was a kid showing my age there but um we used to go there and that's what i think of is like <laughs> all this horrible santa stuff everywhere and you know it was it was crazy all year round because you go there in the summer indiana um you don't go to theme parks in the winter you don't really do much in the winter but be cold but uh so you go there in the summer and there's santa everywhere and i'm just like screaming internally oh, yeah that's what i think of is yeah, shut your eye out kid <laughs> my husband looks like ralphie so that's like a no way oh <laughs> he my did God. when he was a kid we, we we've known each other since we were seven he looks like ralphie so he Jeez. hates christmas because we ruin it for him we're like ralphie now i i know the origin stories about the two of you so would you guys care to recast uh some action themed mst freak themed movies some future oh baby oh baby. okay can you <laughs> Can you define like okay? Because uh, so action sorcery action. action well, yeah, but they have a bunch of those like Warrior of the Lost World, Cave Dwellers, you know, all the okay. sorcery. Mitchell, obviously, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. Okay, if Mitchell's if Mitchell qualifies, I I'm gonna. Claim I mean, Mitchell. there's shootouts and it's a revenge movie, so I mean. Outlaw and John Saxon's in Outlaw of Gore. There you go. <laughs> I have a weird, creepy crush on John Saxon. 
So I, I definitely want mental. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I really laugh about it, and that's okay. That's okay. Um, oh, I, don't I, worry. I, I, I'm Let's absolutely in love with him. And when Bruce Lee wanted to kick his ass. <laughs> I, I, I'm waiting for him to come in Horror Hound. I know he's quite aged, but um, keep hoping they'll yeah. come to the Horror Hound uh, convention here in Indy. Um, Me and a bunch really of Nightmare on. You know, uh, I like how he's in all the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, but no one's going to say that he was a nightmare to work with. But don't uh, Except Bruce Lee. Oh, well, you know. Well. <laughs> Not everyone can get along with Bruce Lee. And I mean, he's dead and. John's not. Okay, I'm being a dick on that one, but seriously, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, don't get me wrong. Bruce Lee could I kick also have any a crush on Bruce Lee. <laughs> well, there you go. Bruce Lee could probably actually kick anyone's ass, except for Dolph Laundry. I'd probably no left one... at him. I'd be like, wow, Norris. such an honor. Oh, yeah, you know, Chuck, yeah, I mean, I would rather watch Bruce Lee, Texas Ranger, than fucking Chuck Norris <laughs> did for 11 years on that shit best. <laughs> Oh. I accidentally stumbled across an episode of that show, and I was like, I'm uh, so heartily sorry for what I have done. I, I have seen every single episode. It's a great comedy. A great I, comedy. I can't do it. I can't do it. No, I get. I definitely couldn't do it now. I was in college. That was my excuse. I've seen every episode of T.J. Hooker, which was by the same creator. So, I mean... <laughs> I, I which was also kind of- another cringy show. <laughs> Absolutely. The, the the equivalent that we have of that nowadays has to be something like Queen of the South or even, what's the other one? NCIS Los Angeles. Yes, there you go. The, those are as close as you get to a drinking game, but they're not as fun, you know. I mean, <laughs> just, there's just I, something. I don't of, watch a lot of TV. I, I, I mainly just kind of binge uh, stuff. So, like, I, I do HBO shows. Uh, my husband has had been leaning on me for a good seven years to watch Game of Thrones and I finally said if you will shut up I will watch it and this is right before season eight I managed to watch seven seasons in a month and uh I, I hope you just, had fun I was obsessed I'm like Daenerys everywhere everywhere that's why I won't Daenerys. watch it because it's like a drug <coughs> you can't stop uh, yeah, I, 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 I can stop watching, like three four episodes a night <laughs> Uh, I stopped after around season six and then pretty much only watched it because other people were watching it. So, I mean, yeah. Well, I was late to the party because I don't, I don't watch shows. I watch movies. I'm a movie person. So, well, no, um, that's fine. So if there's a lot of movie type people in a show, that makes it more compelling because it's filmed just like a movie. And I mean, that's, we talk about many shows on here, like the shield 24, the wire, and uh, even the Sopranos, they all had a movie kind of style that made them stand out. So yeah, you didn't... HBO shows are really high quality. Um, so after we did that, I was like, I want to rewatch True Blood, and I did that, you know, because of course, you know, horror vampires, supernatural stuff. I was like, cool. And um, absolutely, everybody in that show was just so gorgeous that I just like every time I I just go look in the mirror and I'm like, oh man, I feel so bad about myself because they're all every one of them gorgeous. Yeah, and fortunately, many of these shows have learned to even seamlessly play just like a movie. So, like, when you watch an episode of Psych or even uh, Stargate SG-1, they they take out the commercial, you know, fade to black. And I'm like, thank you. I mean, it flows just like a movie. It doesn't feel like it doesn't have the cut for time moment that you end up having to put up with. Uh, I, I can watch... 
any of these law and order type shows too, because those are basically stage plays with the documentary style filmmaking. So, you know, I just, uh, everyone's got their own preference on what a good show is, but yes, the movie type quality has flowed into other shows. Like, uh, Daniel was just mentioning breaking bad. And I, I binged watched the hell out of Yellowstone season two recently. And I was like, I, I can't wait for season three. I, I what am I going to do in between now and then? <laughs> Um, yeah, I can only binge watch shows because I can't wait a week. I'm very impatient. Yeah, so no, it's terrible. Seven seasons of uh, Game of Thrones in like a month, like I said, you know, like every night, just four or three episodes, whatever. And then season eight came out, and I'm like, I gotta wait a fucking week. What is this bullshit? I yeah, need to know the, what happens right now. The I commercials are this. <laughs> the commercials are insufferable too. They have gotten so lazy. Not only well, just that's why that. streaming is a thing. Right, yeah. I mean, um, but like, I mean, no I, commercials is great. Oh, recently I had to say fuck you, Hulu, and just pay seven extra dollars just to get rid of the commercials. I'm like, I cannot take another Facebook watch ad. That one stupid ad with Kim Kardashian and J Lo. I'm like, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't tell me anything. And I the only thing- actually got rid of like TV and cable. I do Hulu. I do uh, HBO now. I do Boomerang because I'm a huge cartoon fanatic. Like, nice. don't get me started on cartoons. You should try um, Crackle so, or CBS. I, I, I've done Crackle in the past because it's the only place I could find a certain movie. Um, but I'm not a huge fan. I'm gonna, I want to add Shudder to the list. And I, uh, I do need to I, get into that. I haven't done Disney Plus yet, but we're going to. Um, but we have, like, you know, Hulu. We have all that Netflix, everything. Um, I'm kind of mad at Netflix right now because as a Misty, I think I, I deserve that. I'm like, how many times do we have to go through this? Can you right. not crush my dreams? Like, I mean, seriously, as a Misty, I was, you know, growing up as a kid, I was a huge Joel fan, you know, because I knew nothing but Joel, and he was so cute and goofy, and then he left, and I was really heartbroken, and then there's Mike, and I'm like, oh, I hate him, and then I'm like, oh, but I love <laughs> him, actually, and and then, you know, the show goes through all these different cancellations, and there's the sci-fi, and we're like, okay, whoo, okay, we're going to get some more, and then sci-fi's like, ah, oh, fuck you. Because there's well, just not miss- a market for a two-hour long well, show, good. and then they're all well, Netflix bring it, yeah, they bring it the back. Show, and I fall in love with Jonah, and then they're taking that from me, and I'm like, uh. uh pretty much based on all free eras, this is one beloved show which will stand the test of the time because the love, you know, the fans are what make it, and That's you have we are a hard right. Right, much like Star Trek, like Daniel said, and even Babylon 5. I'm going to go that far to make that comparison, because you are talking about... Ulari! <laughs> yeah, if you go to Zaha Doom, you will die. But, um, so seriously, I mean, you, you are looking at three different networks who didn't appreciate what content they had. They wanted to get rid of it. They weren't crazy about it. They didn't have any creative control on it. They didn't win awards for it. So they said, fuck you each time, you know? So you, you look at Comedy Central, Sci-Fi, and now Netflix. And now, yeah, when a few other people in our chat were saying, I hope Shudder picks up this show, is like, I, I hope that is true. I hope they do shop it around to that. <laughs> but I knew, I know it's going to end up somewhere. I mean, look how long all of us sat what I said about Hannibal. From... <laughs> what? <laughs> What about Hannibal? I kept saying, they'll shop it around. They'll find a home. I'm waiting. Well, Hannibal doesn't have, like, the, the Misty fan base because we are just 
ride or die. Oh. <laughs> I have been since I was a kid with this show. Like I grew up with it, and there was. A I know. I still have gap. VHS tapes of it. I have Tom Servo's oh. favorite host segments. I. I have everything. Yeah, you should see my collection. I'll, I'll have to take some pics sometime. I just all the I mean, shit that I have. You guys I have go the, the original fair- volume ten. You know from nice. Mario with oh. Godzilla on it. I, so that's like kind of my prized possession. Oh, I, I don't like I, the episode, which is hilarious, but I have it. You're like, I, I, you have it? I will bid you for it, but. Um, <laughs> I don't want to let it go. It's, it's kind of that it's mine. I don't want it, but you can't have it. Uh, I just have it. And it's like one of those status things. And then it's. I guess I'll have to go back yes, to I eBay. have an original. <laughs> I have original uh, okay. you know, rhino release which it's, it's like a, it's like a nerd for a week. Line, you know, hey baby you want to see my spider-man number five my yeah <laughs> said you're cranked to frank say that more seductively said you're cranked to frank <laughs> hey there if, 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 if i may interrupt frank. <laughs> yeah i know you want me baby <laughs> and with that note I'm looking forward to our next installment where we see, we find, we find, because again, like any other podcast, we find the best thing in anything, good or bad. So, I mean. The Jacked Up Review Show can also be followed on Facebook on both the page and the group. Feel free to chat, leave questions, make requests for future episodes. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you so much for your various support, and we'll continue to entertain the hell out of you. Till then, take care. <laughs>